friends, welcome back to Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B., and I want to thank you for joining us on this Wednesday evening for another edition of the show. For those of you that are just joining or may not know, the IT Business Podcast is a show where we try to bring you product stories and tips, all in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. I think the goal of all of us is to retire and join me down in Florida as our guest tonight has done. You all know him. You all love him. He is our good friend, Mr. John Dubinsky. He is in the house and uh, let me get him in here. So John, say hello to everybody. Marvin, it's good to be here. Back behind the mic. Been a while. I'm just glad I can be grouped into the same group as you, meaning Florida man. Yes, yes. And as you can see, he is here in studio, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, the second live guest I've had in the house here. And of course, the studio is still not finished. As you can see, he's hanging off to the side here, and you can see the uh, open studio in the back. We're having as much fun as we can in clothes. Yes, we are. And uh, you even got to have some time out of clothes in the pool today. <laughs> I had some clothes on. Well, I've invited myself over. He had some work to do, so I figured I'd hang by the pool. Yeah. So, so John and I will be here tonight sharing stories and hanging out. And if you have questions for John or anything related to the show, go ahead and throw it in the chat there. We are streaming live on YouTube and the Facebook. So we will be able to get chats from both of those. And I'm going to share some Florida man stories tonight and see if some of you can relate or not. But first thing I want to do is let's go ahead and say thank you to our sponsors. The IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, the number one ally of network professionals around the world. As an industry leader for more than 25 years, their best-in-class tools and software have enabled folks like you and me to more effectively plan, install, validate, and troubleshoot vitally important wired and wireless networks. We'll be talking about that today because I had to pull it out yet again, and uh, it was fun. And the live stream is presented by Computers Done Right, a managed IT services company providing support and management in Venice, Florida, and surrounding areas. Not only do they provide computer repair, virus removal, they also do website design and social media marketing. So for all of your computer repair needs, go to www.computersdoneright.com. And last, as many of you know, I will be headed to Chicago this September the 16th through the 18th for the 2022 annual TechCon Unplugged. That is going to be presented by our friends over at MSP Unplugged, John and Rick, and they are going to do a fantastic show. And if you head over to TechConUnplugged.com, you will see they have started to put up some of the sessions. They have the vendors listed there. And folks, I have had a little bit of a chat. I now know a little bit more about what will be happening. One of the things that you have asked for in past years is to have breakout sessions once again. And that is what we will be doing. 
Now, I don't know all the details, but John and pa, uh, Rick have uh, – did I say John and Rick? You did. You did. <laughs> Let's just be concise on this. I will be there, but I have nothing that, to do that, with it. That was the problem is I got so tied up in making sure I announced that John Dubinsky, our good friend, will be at uh, TechCon Unplugged, but Paco and Rick – uh, we'll be presenting that and doing all the stuff there. And yes, you will be in attendance, even though you are retired. What uh, do you miss us all that much? Well, without a doubt, who wouldn't? <laughs> without a doubt. Oh man, that should be fun. So, yep, head over to TechCon Unplugged, folks. And uh, I think the ticket sales are prior, uh, right around fifty percent. So uh, there's still room there. And looky there, our good friend. Paco LeBron with his fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, (laughs) sorry about that, Paco. And uh, we hope to have a great show with you this September. So, uh, John, why don't we first start with the fact that you are here in Studio B. How does it feel? Feels amazing. I mean, I pretty much had to invite myself over to uh, (laughs) get into the studio, but... Uh, you know, we've been talking about it, connecting for so long. I had a little bit of time this week, and I guess we'll get into all that, what's been keeping me busy and what tech and non-tech things I've been working on. But uh, I kind of give you a call and say, hey, here's the dates when I'm coming. Which ones do you approve? And this is what we worked out. And this is about as good as it can get because, uh, you know, I'm still, for all practical purposes, a solo tech. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. And they're done that. Yeah. So this was it, and uh, just so you know, the reason we had to pick uh, a middle-of-the-week time is both of our weekends uh, over the next month or so are quite busy. Not only do I have stuff, you yourself have stuff, so this was the time we could fit in. Absolutely, and it worked out great for me. I spent the day at the pool, so I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was I was getting Florida Man stories all geared up, so um, I'll share about one of those. So just to let everybody know, one of the things that uh, I mentioned before is I will be heading up to Orlando. I actually leave tomorrow, tomorrow night, and we'll be heading up there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I will be attending PodFest, which is a conference for people like me in podcasting, and hopefully I can make this work a little bit better. I'm going to try to get a better studio so when I have uh, in-studio guests, it won't look so discombobulated and as you can see there go ahead and hold that up again there sir uh john is holding up uh the recent recipient of an it business podcast mug official it business podcast (laughs) i mean it doesn't have my logo on it which i no longer have other people got but i mean i can't complain i finally got a mug mug. i had to drive halfway across the state to get it but it's hey those things are expensive to ship All right, so let's um, let me t- uh, first respond. So I had put in uh, one of the Facebook groups yesterday, uh, late last night, that I got a call from a customer that basically said our credit card machine is not working. Can you please come? Fi- or no? Can you please remote in and do a speed check and fix it? Then they proceeded proceeded to tell me that. Well, it's connected to this sort of switch and it's hardwired on its own port and we don't think that that's the problem. And they gave me a whole list of stuff that they had already diagnosed. They switched out cables and all that sort of stuff. And then they said, oh yeah, and Spotify isn't working. So it must be the firewall. So um, 
And of course, oh, one more thing. They wanted it to be done after hours because this is in the middle of their busiest week of the year. And they could not afford to be down during business hours. So can you please come after hours and take care of this? So, John, what questions do you have? <laughs> I mean, it all sounds reasonable to me. I'm sure it's the firewall. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, of course, the funny thing is, is they're not on a managed service with me at all. Uh, this is one of the few break-fix customers that I have, and it was more at the request of another friend of mine who basically asked, you know, can you please take care of them? And all they pay me for a monthly is the backup. Everything else is as needed, full rate. And uh, they probably call once or twice a month with one of these little things. And So I did go out there, but I did not go after hours. That was the first thing. They don't get the benefit of after-hour support. Their business hours are actually 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. So I did say, well, what's the earliest that somebody can meet me there? And they were like, 9 o'clock. And I said, how about 9.30? That's when I did go there. And all I did was plug in my Etherscope. And I used the cable that the credit card machine was plugged into. And John, when you know it, everything was fine. Speed tested good. IP address got DNS, DHCP. uh, Everything was fine. So... Now, the switch was about 10 years old, and it's a Cisco Catalyst 10100. So I told them we could probably switch that out. <laughs> and, and, and our friend Chris in the chat, that's a good copy. If their break fits, then they broke it, they fix it. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. So, so bad credit card machine. That's what I'm going to tell them. Uh, well, that's what I did tell them. And because the bottom line is everything else on the network was working just fine. Turns out their Spotify issue was something completely different that they said, oh, it's not related. We, it was an issue with Spotify or the computer they were using or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to worry about it. Although I did try to swap out their switch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I brought a couple with me and I said, well, we can at least, you know, upgrade you to gigabit speed with the switch. And, you know, I can also have it managed. So when you call me and ask other questions, I can probably get a little bit more information. Well, turns out when I went to swap out the switch, lo and behold, my switch got an IP address that was not on the current subnet that I was seeing on the rest of the network. They were seeing um, a, they had a regular 192.168.1 subnet. That's all I have ever seen when I've been in this place. But as soon as I connected to the switch, and it, by the way, was an ingenious switch. John and I, you and I talked about that. So I went to change the switch to DHCP, and it pulled up a 20 subnet. And I said, oh, well, that's interesting. I had not seen anything related to VLANs on their network. And there were seven cables all connected to the switch. So of course the way that this, this is a store and I can't tell you what the store is, but but this was, (laughs) this was in their front cash register checkout system. So it's basically a raised pedestal and they've got a a register on one side, a register on the other, and everything is kind of hand built wooden structures. And so all of the switches, all of the computers are like tucked underneath the shelves, behind curtains, behind lights. 
So I couldn't see where the cable was actually plugged into a wall socket or anything. So I just had to literally test each cable to see which one was the uplink cable. And as soon as I plugged in that uplink cable, I found eight, well, seven official VLANs and then one untagged. So there was a VLAN 2, a VLAN 20, 3, 30, 200, 300, and I have no idea what these are configured for, but they were all coming out of this Cisco Catalyst. Yeah, that's the important part, that Cisco Catalyst. Yeah, so of course I couldn't switch it because it was coming up to 11 o'clock. They were getting ready to open the store, and they were in a panic. We have to be up and running. (laughs) So I started to hook everything back up. And of course, what do you think that I did not do, John, before I unconnected the Cisco switch? Before you unconnected the Cisco switch? Yeah, when I because I had unplugged it to put in the oh, ingenious. You didn't, you didn't remember which port you unplugged from. Oh. <laughs> Been there. It was a 48-port <laughs> switch. Well, you got it's only 47 choice. Well, no, you had a couple there, so seven. So you only got about, what, 38? Right. Okay. And there were only six cables, so I'm like, eh, no big deal. So I didn't know which port was configured for the uplink because it turns out they had configured. You can only plug that uplink cable into one port. And what's the kicker of the whole story? You got to document before you destroy. (laughs) No, I was going to go back that they don't know what the password is to the switch. Oh, yeah. That's that's what – yeah, that also ended up being the problem where, first of all, I wasn't going to have enough time to to swap this out before 11. But when I called the owner – to ask him, you know, if you had the password to the switch so that we can, you know, figure it out later. He goes, oh, I don't know. And he said, and the previous IT effed me again. <laughs> That's all he could say. Uh, so needless to say, they their sale ends this week, and then they have a big event this weekend. So after Memorial Day, we'll call them back and schedule a time and figure out if he can get the password for the existing switch or if I get to rip them out and put my own stuff in and then configure VLANs proper as far as I could say. So that was fun. That just brings up an interesting point that that catalyst is an interesting piece of gear that's, you know, capable of doing DHCP, doing some DNS, acting as a router in some instances, depending on the model. So, you know, that's, it's just interesting that, you know, they probably hired somebody that knew a lot about Cisco catalyst switches and they came in and put that in for them. So that's just, that's interesting. Well, the owner made the point of saying that, he knows that this guy came in and set up the network with the specific intent of making sure that nobody else could come in and troubleshoot it so that they would always have to call him. Thanks for that. So it'll be fun. So I'll probably get to sell a couple of switches. It'll be nice. And then I get to configure the VLANs and then deal with their wireless. And then you'll have documentation. And then anybody else that comes behind you 10 years from now, when you're finally hanging it up, they'll be able to take care of it. They will. They will. Okay. So I should also do another thing and go back and do an acknowledgement. So last episode when I had talked about using my Etherscope and being able to send out reports to either the client or in my case, send them out to another MSP because they were doing a discovery in an effort to get a new client. One of the things that I talked about was sending them a Visio report that neither one of us could open because neither of us had Visio, but I instead gave them access to the NetAlly Link Live where they could go in and see the full topology. And 
my good friend Vaughn sent in an email uh, referencing show, four, show 403 where I talked about not having Visio to open net ally reports. And he mentioned draw.io is a free online or downloadable application that purports to open Visio VSDX files. So thank you, Vaughn, for that. And I have not had time yet to go do that, but I will. And, uh, and it's actually a pretty sweet uh, downloadable software. If you guys hit diagrams.net and you can download it, it actually integrates with OneDrive um, and SharePoint, if you're going to uh, do some things with that, or on the Google side of the house, there are programs to do that as well. And if you're using Atlassian or what is it, Notion, the note-keeping app, it also integrates with that. So it's, it's uh, shareware, open, open source shareware. It's on GitHub, I believe. So it looks like a pretty cool program. All right. Thank you for that, John. So since you were able to come in and help, that was some very quick uh, Googling you did there on your phone. I thought you weren't doing tech anymore. Well, let me first start out by saying that the opinions I express tonight are not that of my employer, its corporate overlord, my wife, or anybody <laughs> that knows me. Uh, just We'll just start with that. But um, I am not doing tech anymore. If we want to start there, um, I, I do not have any tech-related job. I guess you could say maybe I'm doing a little bit of mentoring for a couple guys that uh, we'll call them juniors, but not from the aspect that they're bad, simply that they're uh, younger than me. I mean, if I'm going to be really honest about it, they're smarter than I ever was at their age. But I may be doing more business mentoring than tech mentoring with them. One is a solo tech. One's got 16 employees, I think he's at. You know, and we talk about interesting things related to business. Uh, the solo tech I can relate to one-on-one. He's already much further ahead at his age than I was. They're right around the uh, 30 years old. What are you, simulating an earthquake here? Um, Just... Proving that we're live. <laughs> uh, he's already way ahead than I am and on the right track, in my opinion, in his business as a solo tech, or I think we're calling it lifestyle business now, which is, we can talk about that later. I hate that term. But uh, the other one with 16 employees is just doing some interesting things over the maybe the past two or three years that, you know, I've been watching him and talking to him about his business. You know, he's really changed and done some interesting things. And Marvin, you and I talked about it. I mean, he's put put everybody that was on salary back to hourly, um, which he's using for some instances to change the scheduling of his employees. So he has people that come in from like, instead of working the nine to five, they work one to nine. Um, he incentivizes them to work over 40 hours versus salary work, you know, getting time and a half over that 40 to do project work. So that if uh, there's always the opportunity to make more money, I mean, there's just some really interesting things he's doing in his tech business, turning it into something versus the standard nine to five business where employees have a lot more, uh, what I want to say, opportunity to make an impact, to make more money, to change their lifestyle and to work how they want to work. If, you know, they're, they're a morning person, they can come in at nine. If not, they can come in at one. They can work a four day versus a five day. It, it, that's just really, really interesting to me on some of the things he's implementing and how he's going about it. Uh, Tech-related, about the only thing I'm doing tech-related now is managing my smart home. Uh, A lot of people know that uh, when I moved down to Florida, I moved over to the evil side, meaning Apple from Android, which I've actually really enjoyed. Um, If we want to arm wrestle, we can arm wrestle up at uh, TechCon about which is better. 
But, you know, I'm really embracing HomeKit, doing a lot of stuff with HomeKit and that sort of thing around the house. Not too much because whatever I put in, the wife has to approve and be able to use. So that works out well. But on the personal side, you know, being down here and not being a boater, a golfer, a fisherman or any of that, I needed something to do. So I took a job. So I am delivering smiles four days a week, actually five days a week, which means I'm delivering Amazon packages and Feel free to put anything in the chat if you get any questions. Yeah. <laughs> if you if, if you have Amazon-related logistical questions. I've got your answers, buddy. I'm living it day to day. We, uh, we talked about that and the, and the joy that I've had with Amazon deliveries. And uh, it's quite interesting to hear from the other side. I don't know how much you can tell us, John, and not get in trouble, but it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't think I... I can tell you anything that you probably couldn't research and find out yourself. But, you know, having lived it and, you know, my average day is 8 to 13 miles is what I walk according to my Apple Watch. So, you know, it's just really interesting. You know, being on the delivery side, if I was going to talk to you as a customer that's listening to this, is make sure I can see the address on your damn house. Remove everything from your front porch and patio. Make sure your screen door works. And how about some lights at night? That'd be really nice. But other than that, it's it's a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we talked about a couple of incidences where, for instance, one, as a business, getting an Amazon package delivered after hours. My thought is that Amazon should stop delivering to businesses at 5 o'clock or 5.30 and only okay. deliver to houses afterwards. But about a month ago, I had a delivery that was meant to go to my mailbox because even though I have a physical space here, I still have a UPS store where I have packages sent to for a couple of reasons. One, in case myself or the wife or another person is not here, I want packages to still get delivered. Um, and two, if I'm not here, I don't want her to have to worry about, you know, lugging big bulky packages. And sometimes I'll get them delivered here, but most of the time they go to the mailbox. So it was 6.30 at night one night when I get a call about a delivery driver who showed up at the US, uh, the UPS store and said, oh, you're closed. And I said, yes. And he asked, what do you want me to do with the package? And I'm like, what do you normally do with the package? And I thought you just take it back and try to deliver again. But apparently that's not always the case, is it? Well, let's let's sort of start at the beginning. All right. So you go to the Amazon page. That is the Amazon company. When you see the Amazon trucks out on the road, that is actually prime delivery. Prime delivery, uh, when you see a truck with an Amazon logo, is actually run by separate entities called DSP, Delivery Service Providers. So when you order a package from Amazon, it might come from prime delivery, but it also might come from the post office, FedEx, UPS, or an oversized freight company, depending on what you're ordering. So keep in mind the level of effort intended to get that package to your front door will depend on the vendor delivering it and all the way down to the individual. So what you experienced, Marvin, was probably what's called a flex driver, somebody that is independently delivering a package out of their own personal vehicle, not unlike Grubhub or DoorDash or something to that effect. All right, so what, what happens there is that when a flex driver tries to deliver a package, if they can't deliver that package and they bring it out, bring it back, they will not get paid for that package. So that's actually a driver trying to make a little extra, extra effort to deliver that package. Now, what happens on my end as a DSP driver, 
um, I don't know, Amazon and its infinite wisdom in their system will show that the business is actually closed, but that package is still on my truck and on my route. So I still need to go to the business, even though I physically already know it's closed. I still have to go to that business geographically because I am tracked via GPS and make an effort to deliver that package, which means I have to reach out and contact, try to contact the customer through our system, which I think is great. I mean, from the aspect of, you know, that intentionally means that whoever has that package in their hand is doing their best to get it to you. You know, the, the kind of thing that kind of backfires, and I guess we could tie it back to a tech-related discussion, is it's kind of wasted time when the driver and the system already knows that business is closed. You know, what one, why is it on the truck? Why did it get sorted? And why is it on the truck in the first place on my route? And second of all, you know, why am I going off route for 20 minutes to deliver this package when I already know it's closed? So, Well, that, yeah. that applies to Saturday and Sunday delivery specifically because – I know that I would put my business hours as Monday through Friday, but I, I will get packages delivered on a Saturday or a Sunday. Now, luckily, at the UPS store, they're open, so they'll take those packages, but most businesses aren't open. Well, the funny thing is, Marvin, even on my route, you know, the United States Postal Service is an Amazon uh, delivery partner, but yet I will actually sometimes have packages that I take to a United States post office and hand off to the post office. <laughs> That doesn't sound right. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about a huge logistical nightmare. I can only imagine the magnitude of, but, uh, you know, there's just some quirks around that in any business. So, I mean, when you're considering your own business and trying to optimize that, you know, it's pretty insightful on just, you know, what you run into as far as, you know, a package gets into my hand for that last mile delivery, delivering that smile, as they call it, you know, what can happen and, you know, a lot of the information new we don't get. And again, as a business owner, we would look back is why is that package even on my truck? Like one of my favorite ones recently, I had a, a business delivery. Um, I tried to attempt delivery on Friday and I called this young lady and they said, no, we're closed today, which is n unusual for them on a Friday. So, and I said, and she said, we won't be back open till Monday. So, you know, I note that on my end and I note on my side where I can note that the business is regularly closed Saturday and Sunday. And she had done that on her Amazon business account. Let's, let's put a pin in that really quick to say, if you do have an Amazon business account, make sure you drill down into the settings on that Amazon business account and put your business hours in there because that will change the routing and get you a better opportunity to get a delivery. I digress back to my story. And I said, well, okay, this is Friday. I said, well, I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. So again, I tried to deliver on Saturday and I called her. I tried to deliver on Sunday and I called her, you know, and basically at that time we're both laughing and she said, next time I just think I'll have it delivered to my house. So, you know, it's just funny how that all equates. Mm. You're right. Wasted resources. And the also, you know, there's something to keep in mind here too. Amazon has some great options, but if you're relying on Amazon for your business, either through a business account or through a personal account, and you absolutely have to have that package, keep in mind to a, a business address, a lot of the times we run into a lot more difficulty than a home address. But if you really need something, you might look around to see if you have an Amazon locker near you, because I'd say about 98% of lockers are always accessible to us. So we can always get a package into a locker. So if you work in a business and you're lucky enough to have one on your lobby or in the lobby next door or maybe in a mall or something that's close, 
down here, they're outside of a lot of gas stations like 7-Elevens and Circle Ks. So you can always look for an Amazon locker to get a package, you know, for a one-off delivery. If you absolutely got to have it, that's a great way to make sure you get it. So here's a question. Now, I know that you aren't officially Amazon and you're not part of corporate, but so I upgraded my account from personal to business because there were some perks that I would get. Uh, there was a program through ASCII where I would get some additional discounts. And I also realized that as soon as I switched from personal to business, all of those shipping options all of a sudden became open to me where I could get a package. If I ordered it in the morning, I could get it between 2 and 6 p.m. the same day. So my thoughts would be, okay, as a business, I would get priority delivery. But what it sounds like talking to you today is that that may not be the case. Based on your route, my business could still be at the end of your list and not prioritized as a daytime delivery. I have no factual information on that topic. I can only tell you from experience. Um, there's no priority in my business route that I see on the information that I receive that this is a business versus this not being a business. You know, our route is given to us in a certain order that we are, are expected to follow. And a lot of the times there will be businesses at the end of that route. So I might be delivering at 730. And obviously most businesses would be closed at that time. Now, what we do or what can happen is Amazon, I would suggest, does put a priority on businesses because I have had instances where my dispatch will call me and they will say, hey, you need to break your route and go deliver to this package to this business for X, Y, Z reason, even reason, which may be that we've missed a couple past deliveries and the customer's not upset, so they want this, or just that it might be something that was miscoded that uh, was is now a same-day delivery, so they want to make sure I get it there before the business closes. So those things do happen. Otherwise, what I do as a driver in our primary list is... I don't see the company name, and a lot of the times that's another thing if it's a business delivery. Even if you're on a personal account using it for business, make sure you put your business name prominently at the top because that does help us find you, especially in the aspect of like a large number of suites in one building or your street sign. If we're on a busy sign, make sure you put your business name prominently, even if it's a personal account. It's not going to hurt you in any way. But what I do is, you know, I try to stay on the same route as much as I can. So I get to know the addresses. So if I see some business addresses outside of your delivery hours, I will contact my dispatch and my dispatch will approve going off my route to get these packages to you before you close. Now, unlike a flex driver, I still get paid one way or another if I deliver. It doesn't look good if I bring packages back. So a lot of the times you'll find me at a business after hours knocking on the windows or going around and calling the client, try to get in. And I've had a pretty good, I don't know why, success rate of finding somebody at the back door or whatever to give them their package. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a mystery on how they set up the routes and how that timing works. But it is substantially important. One, if you're not sure how to appropriately enter an address, go to the U.S. Post Office uh, zip qualifier page, put your address in there, and it will format your address correctly. That will really help you get your package. Two, if you're a business, make sure you put your business name on there. Uh, that's even more important than your personal name. Like, Put your business name on there and then just put Marvin if you want to contact or something on there. But your business name, if you have a business, especially if it's somewhere where I can see the business name, is really important. Mm. Now, let me go back to your routing 
because you say that that route's predetermined. Mm-hmm. Do they predetermine that based on some sort of formula to you know drive the most mm-hmm. efficient and the quickest? Do you see that as a pattern sometimes? Uh, again, I don't have any factual <laughs> information on this. So I can only speak from my experience and what I've been told from my management at my DSP and from other drivers. Uh, is it's based on the amount of time you have at a route. So obviously you've done your route a lot and other people have done your route either before you and when Amazon initially set it up. So they have the metrics on how long that route should take. Uh, estimated stop, Amazon gives you about three minutes per stop to stop your truck, secure your truck, get the package, get it to the door, drop it off, get back in your truck and, st- and take off again. So that's a three-minute aspect. So your route is based on what they think as far as traffic, past deliveries, length of drive, difficulty of delivery, that sort of thing. Hmm. Very interesting. And, you know, you know, to Amazon's credit, a lot of what they do is based on driver safety. Um, so only right turns? <laughs> I wish. I mean, <laughs> some of the routing is a little bit ridiculous. And then again, you know, uh, you can, I contact my dispatch and I'll go off route again to say, hey, I don't want to go back and forth across this busy street 12 times. I'm going to do everything on the right-hand side first, and then I'm going to do everything on the left-hand side, you know, so I don't have to keep making lefts across something and wait 15 minutes for clearance, you know, to clear every time I make a turn. But, you know, they do try to, you know, make your route circular. So you start at the same point as you end. You know, it's not a pure circle, but, you know. And then my DSP, we try to have everybody in the same area come back at the same time in case somebody gets in trouble. You know, if somebody breaks down and everybody else is back at the yard and already gone, they're going to be stuck. Or, you know, if somebody gets bit by a dog or, you know, there's always we're, there's always a group of us that are kind of close to each other. So we kind of look out for each other or we'll go assist each other. And the routes are designed to kind of help with that. All right. So aside from all that, that sounded like a lot to keep track of. What has been the biggest benefit you think to you working at Amazon? Oh, I like to work out. I mean, down here, it's great. Every day is a day in paradise. Worst thing I, I have to do is deliver in a monsoon and try to use, you know, the cell phone or the phone they give me to try to deliver packages, me and all wet. You know, it's some, you know how it is down here. Sometimes it rains so hard, I'm out there standing in it, you know, and the water's knee high. It, it's almost comical. It makes me laugh. But then, I, uh, then I think back and think, well, at least I'm not in Michigan or, you know, Illinois. Hi, Paco. Uh, you know, with four <laughs> feet of snow and below zero temperatures and that sort of thing. Or Joe, hi, Indiana. <laughs> You know, or, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there will, uh, at our part of the state, there will never be snow. At least, let me rephrase that. I hope to never see snow in my lifetime. I mean, if here. there's snow down here, we're, we're going to have, we have bigger climate issues yeah. than everybody thinks. So, that yeah. is true. That is true. All right. Well, that has, uh, no, but I want to go back. It's really important. Yeah. Especially, you know, look at your neighborhood. <laughs> you know, and, and this is my big thing. You know, I, before this job, I never would even consider this crap, but I've actually put extra house numbers up on my house now. I mean, make sure people can see your address at night, you know, so I take this snow versus hurricanes. That's what uh, somebody up north would say. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, right. We have to deal with one hurricane for every 20 snowstorms you have. Yeah, that's such bunk. But actually, in, in all seriousness, you know, make sure we can get in your front door. Put your, you know, house numbers up so we can actually see them and get the package to you. Make sure your address is correct in the app, especially add your suite number. I can't tell you how many times I'll go to a complex, you know, really nice complex of condos. You know, it'll be like 1900 ABC Street. And then there's 
40 condos in this, you know, that all have different numbers, but they don't put the number on there. So, you know. Now here's now, but here's a funny thing. So there are times where I have gone to put my address in something, not not Amazon, but they qualify the address and they don't let you put the number in there sometimes. Um, well, the, oh, this thank you, Marvin. You just fed right in. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll have Amazon send you a check. So in that case, in the Amazon app and in a lot of other, there is a notes field. All right. So this is extremely important for home or business delivery. If you don't want us to put your package somewhere, if you prefer your package <laughs> in the bushes, if you prefer me to put your package somewhere preferable besides somewhere else. If you know where I'm going, put it in the notes. You know, um, a lot of things changed uh, pre-COVID to post-COVID on how things are delivered. Uh, we used to ring the doorbell on every delivery. We do not do that anymore because of work from home. So if you want me to ring your doorbell when I deliver a package, put it in the notes. I have some people that put a little bucket outside and say, put my package in the bucket. I thought it was kind of creative. I have some people that took blue painter's tape and put a little square on their front porch. Just put the packages here or, you know, uh, it'll say put it on the bench out front or, you know, or please don't block the door or all that sort of thing. Keep in mind a couple of things. If you've got a dog, I'm not going anywhere anywhere near it. I don't care if it's never been anybody. I'm actually kind of a dog lover, or at least I don't mind dogs. But, you know, I'll be the one that it bites. So, you know, keep that in mind, too. But anything like that, if you can't get your suite number or if you live somewhere very awkward, like I got to go down an unmarked street in a dead end and go around the corner, put it in the notes. Otherwise, you can't expect us to find it. And do this for any delivery driver, for goodness sakes, Grubhub, DoorDash, anybody. Make sure they can get in. And down here, the other big thing is gate codes. Make yes. sure I got your gate code. If you want the box at your front door, I need a gate code. Otherwise, it's going to be at your gate. I was going to ask because we have a ton of unmanned communities. So do they give you the correct gate code? And for the ones that even are manned, you know, it used to be that you guys got waved on through. I got to imagine that that's not the case anymore, right? No, I, my route, actually, I delivered to a lot of what I would call higher-end neighborhoods, and I know most of the security guys now, so I do get waved through. Um, what I'm seeing down here now is a big twist is a lot of them will just have one manned gate, excuse me, and the rest will be an automated gate where you have to push a button and there's a camera and you talk to a security person, and I just flash my Amazon ID and they usually let me through. Um, but there's also the gates that, you know, to get into community that they're just the numbers. And the two thing, something's wrong with that is half the time those call boxes don't work. Like I can't get a hold of any of the customers or I got to call them from my what's called the cat device and get a hold of them to pop the gate. It'd just be easier. Just put a gate code in there so I can get in there mm. in the notes. If I, if you want the package somewhere, just tell me where you want it and tell me how to and give me the information I need to get it there. Otherwise, you know, you got to remember I'm dropping 300 packages a day. You know, by the time I get the package 256, I'm just looking for somewhere to put it that's reasonably safe. All right. Now, let's see if this is a good side. Do you get any additional discounts now that you are officially working for the mothership? I do not. The no. two things that the nice thing is they do provide us with the uniform. There's no out of pocket for the uniform. And Amazon corporate gives us one pre free pair of shoes from uh my Foot Locker? No, from uh <laughs> who's Amazon owned? Help me out, chat. I don't know. The the shoe company. They own a shoe company? Uh, Adidas? 
No, they're a reseller of a bunch of different brands. It'll pop up in the chat. Zappos. Zappos. Thank you, Paco. Yeah, Zappos. So we get a free pair of shoes, which isn't enough, What's really. What's a Zappo? Zappos is a, they sell all sorts of brands of shoes, but they're owned by Amazon. The great thing about Zappos, guys, if you don't know this, is you can buy a pair of shoes and wear them for 364 days and then return them. So if you don't like a pair of shoes after a amount of time, they have a very liberal return policy, which I have used. Um, no, I didn't wear them for 364 days, but I did return a pair of boots that I didn't wear for like three or four months. And are they are they regular shoes? Like, can I buy Jordans there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikes, all the name brands. Okay. All the name brands. Zappos. Yep, zappos.com. My wife will probably chastise me for not knowing that. <laughs> no, that, that's real. But back to Amazon, they do provide us with a pair of shoes every year. Which, you know, it's nice. They don't have to do that. All right. That's good. And, you know, as far as hourly wages, you know, Amazon delivery, I would suggest it's a pretty hard job. I mean, the turnover there is pretty high, but they do pay pay pretty well. Well, I'd like all delivery jobs. I mean, so when I first opened the business and at the UPS store that I was at, actually it was a mailboxes, et cetera, at the time, I knew the delivery guys because it was the same guy for like years. And then when I got to the other business, uh, we had a lady that delivered for years. So how many years do you plan on doing this? Well, until it's not fun. <laughs> I mean, that's the honest answer. I mean, I don't need to have the job, but it you know, keeps me busy. keeps me active. Um, you know, I work so with a bunch of kids for the most part. That's the way it is at the house. Huh? You got to get out. Yeah. Yeah, she probably doesn't want me around seven days a week. So Retirement around three days a week. Retirement's yeah. not what it was uh, talked up to be, is it? Oh, look, I'm blessed. I'm 50 years old. I'm retired. I can do whatever I want to do, really. So uh, I really like the physical aspect of it. You know, I work with a bunch of kids, so it's kind of interesting. I mean, Marvin, if we really want to brass tax this, this is like one of my few real jobs I've had in my life because I've been self-employed, been my own boss. You know, Marine Corps maybe had a couple jobs before that, and but you know, as far as had a corporate job out of college for like two years, but you know, I've never had a lot of hourly jobs in my life. So just kind of an interesting experience. You know, uh, what I worked at, I came down here, I worked at Lowe's for a week for 10, no, two weeks. I made it at Lowe's for two weeks and that, oh, I got some stories about that. Couldn't do the equalizer thing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, no, that just wasn't, that was, uh, mm. all right, moving on. So, you know, <laughs> okay. but no, that was, that's it. We'll, we'll circle back to that on the next Well, podcast. at some point you're going to have to try golf. I mean. Well, I've golfed before, but. Your side of the state has the most golf courses per capita than any other place in Florida. Maybe we'll add the way I feel to, about golf to the show notes. Have you ever watched the Robin Williams when he talks about golf? He has a no. whole skit about golf. All right, really? we'll add that to the show notes. Anybody that's interested, go out to YouTube, not now, after the show, and uh, do a search on Robin Williams on golf. That's the way I feel about golf. Totally un- uninterested in that. All right, because I was going to try I mean, to- if you guys want to come over, we can go do some paintball. Say, that sounds no, good to I'm me. I'm going to use Maybe you get for, Rainy up and Pago down. Doesn't and your Rick. development have a country club over there with a nice golf course? I want to try that. No, no. Let's go do some paintball. We'll get Matt up. He can bring some donuts. Get Rick and Paco, Kyle, Kenya. I mean, we'll just go out and do some paintball or something fun. Golf. So here's what we'll do. We'll have a meetup here. Okay. So when I purchase the rest of these properties so that we can have some space, 
I've got uh, some apartments apartments across the street for sleepovers, so you don't have to stay in a hotel. And then we can have East Coast, West Coast. We'll you know jaunt over there. People can have their feet in the white sand. All right, I'm I'm up for that. That sounds better <laughs> than golf. Uh, uh, Pacto says he's down for paintball. Yeah, that's better than golf. I don't know. I think I'm too old for paintball. But overall, you know, you always hear about Amazon in the news about, you know, I've never been treated badly by Amazon or my DSP employer. Um, you know, if I guess if I had to complain about anything, you know, it's the same repetition about safety and all that, which I get, uh, which they're big on. You know, even down here with the heat, you know, they get, get assigned to us about that. And Listen, I have nothing bad to say about Amazon except some of the companies – that sell through Amazon and do crappy packaging. That's my issue is that when I see hard drives coming loose in a box or stuff not properly cushioned and just put in one of those paper envelopes, I mean, that's just, that's not the way you send hard drives. Okay. Let's, let's be honest. If you're going to order from Amazon uh, and this, again, is my personal opinion. There's a couple of things you should try. First, one, if you're going to order anything, make sure it's Amazon Prime, and then make sure it's free returns, no matter what the reseller. I, w- I wouldn't buy, personally, I wouldn't buy anything on Amazon that is not that. That just opens a huge opportunity of absolutely no hassle for you. Second of all, um, for your staples, you should look at... Uh, a prime delivery day. There's two things you can do. Um, one, you can set your delivery day in Amazon. So our delivery day is Tuesday. And then if you choose, instead of when you order something, having it come next day or in your two day, if you choose your delivery day, watch your options and you can get digital credits. So right now I have like $35 in digital credits, which I'll spend on getting free movies and stuff like that. So what that does for a driver like me, instead of visiting your house every day, I can visit your house once a week with all your packages. Plus okay. you get a little benefit for that. So Go let me ahead. stop you there. Cause sure. I've seen that in there and I've seen where they've given the option of, do you want to have everything? And I've never understood what Amazon day is. So in your settings, you can drill down into your settings right. and say my Amazon delivery day is Tuesday. But, but is that something you can set for yourself or is that an Amazon setting? No, you can choose whatever day of the week you want that. I want all my deliveries to come on this day, this day as, as my day. And you have to select that okay. you know, per delivery. Every time you order, it's not going to automatically happen. But what it'll do is it'll search, you know, it'll use its algorithm and say, okay, maybe this package is in California instead of us overnighting it to you to get a, to you tomorrow. Uh, let's say this is Friday. Well, they'll say, hey, we'll deliver this to you on your Amazon day on Tuesday instead of, tom- instead of Saturday. And we'll give you two bucks towards an Amazon Prime video or some, something else. So, you know, if you order quite a bit from Amazon, you know, and you can even gamify the system a little bit and, you know, don't order right away, maybe get a couple of things in your cart and you can see that uh, reward go up from a buck to two bucks to three bucks. The other thing you, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I never, I mean, I've seen it in there and I'm just like, no, I want it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it depends on what you need. You know, if you don't need it right away, why not get a couple of bucks towards a movie? Right. Um, the other thing that most people don't know about or don't realize is you can have what's called subscribe and save. Um, yeah, I do that. So a lot of people use this and I see it a lot on my route where you can buy your staples. Oh, actually you can buy anything you want. And these are a monthly delivery. So you can get your toilet paper, your paper. Yeah, towels. but it's not just monthly. You can actually, if you want it three weeks, 
every kind of two a weekly, months, you know, or weekly. weekly. I mean, yeah. So you've got all the options. So what will happen is if you get five items in a subscribe and save order on a regular basis, whether that be weekly, monthly, how often you want it, you can get a 15% discount off of everything in that cart. Now the discount varies five to 15%, but you'll get a discount on that. So, you know, if you're ordering toilet paper and you want it delivered every month, you know, why go to the store and get it when I can deliver it for you and you can get 15% off the already good Amazon price. And the other thing to kind of watch uh, is instead of buying bounty paper towel, look at Amazon's house brands like Amazon brand paper towel or their brand is called Solimo, S-O-L-I-M-O, Solimo brand, you know, uh, and that'll save you a couple more pennies. But, uh, and then the nice thing about that is you're not committing, which doesn't mean you have to get this every month. You can push your deliveries. You can skip a month. You can, it's very flexible, but it's a good way to save a couple percent. Hmm. So we do that for the house. You asked me about, you know, Mm -hmm. maintaining the pool. So all of our pool stuff, except for the chlorine, is on subscribe and save. So for my chlorine tablets, my algicide, and other stuff. Now, right now, they're just kind of scattered. So can I go back and consolidate that you into bet. and make it uh, a shipment to get that discount? You can, and you can also actually move it to, uh, to meet your Amazon delivery day. So you okay. always get that on a Tuesday. Okay. Now, it's not always 100% perfect on Tuesday because, remember, we have delivery partners, so a lot of this stuff will come uh, post office or something like that. So it might be around your delivery day. But regardless, you still get the discount and you still get the digital credit depending on what you're doing. All right. So, yeah, that's a huge win. And I see that with a lot of businesses I deliver to where, you know, once a month I know I'm loading the boxes on the truck and I'm like, oh, here's ABC company and it's their toilet paper, paper towel, soap, and all this other stuff that I know I'm delivering once a month because I see it every month. Hmm. Interesting. So since uh, I had a whole other topic we were going to go over, but the Amazon stuff, this is actually, I think, more beneficial to people because now you've given us money-saving tips. So what is, I mean, well, let me give you one more Go ahead before you move on. Okay. So if you do, if you, in this one, you got to be a little bit careful with, because sometimes I don't advocate this, but if you're responsible, I remember back when I was running my MSP, I used Amazon for a lot of gear, a lot of gear. So I got the Amazon prime visa card. It's through Chase bank. Um, and we were always dedicated that we paid that off every month, but 95% of the items you buy on Amazon and use that card, you get a 5% rebate back as Amazon money into your account. So if you're buying a lot on Amazon, that is a good way to get free money back on Amazon. So that's another tip that I would look into if you're what I would call a heavy Amazon shopper. So I've looked at that as well. And I didn't want it to conflict with my Hilton card because I put Well, on my- you got to remember where the points are important to you. If you're more of a Hilton person or you're trying to collect airline miles or right. something like that. But, you know, I was spending a lot of money on Amazon. So, I mean, it paid off in dividends for us big time. Now, when you say it gives you back in Amazon, so they're basically Amazon reward points. Amazon, it's actually money. You get 5% back in dollar value for more Amazon purchases. And you'll just see that as a credit that you can apply to a future purchase. Okay. All right. And that will add up. And and believe it or not, it's actually a really good Chase credit card. Meaning that, you know, a lot of times if you 
Yep. A lot of I see Paco's in there. Capital One Spark does some reward points and all that. But I haven't found anything. Yeah, 3%, Paco says. I haven't seen anything as high as Amazon, which is 5%. Um, it is actually a really good uh, credit card as far as like rental car coverage and other things. It is actually uh, uh, probably the primary card we still use to date for a lot of the features behind the scenes that it has. All right. So... So here's the reason that I kind of didn't look at any additional stuff. Like I mentioned, we switched to the Amazon business and a lot of that was based on the fact we were supposed to get more discounts. I have no idea if I'm getting the discounts, but I do know that those delivery options are much better. However, when I joined Amazon business, I lost my Amazon prime video. So I was like, so it works the exact same way as Google does. So if you have a Google personal address, you have a lot more features available to you on the consumer side than you do versus what is now, what is it, Google Workplace? I think it is now versus a Google Workplace account. So it's the same thing. When you get an Amazon business account, you get a lot more of those business-specific features. But the consumer stuff they take away. The consumer stuff gets yanked from you. So, yes, that is 100% true. Which I know that they tell you, well, just open up a personal account but I don't want to keep track of two different accounts. So, uh, you know, and it's funny you say that because I see that a lot when I deliver they um, do? on aspect because um, I'll deliver to a business and I can tell when it's been ordered from a business account because the instructions are a little bit different to me or where I really see it is when it's on personal accounts and maybe uh, I'll just make the assumption that it's like a husband and wife and uh, the husband orders something and it, he chose garage delivery, which they have. And then the wife will order something and will f- forget to choose garage delivery. So what I have to do, I have the delivery to the same house. I put one thing on the porch and then, then the next delivery, I open their garage and put it inside the garage. So it's, I do see that a lot of the time when people have multiple accounts and they get them confused. Hmm. So the other reason I did not do it is because – so. For those of you that have been longtime supporters of the show, you know that I've got the shop Amazon where, you know, if you click on our link on the show page that, you know, every purchase you make when you click that link will get something back. So I know that other people have had that Amazon store ripped from them because of improper use. And one of the improper uses is, is that you're not supposed to do personal shopping like I can't buy stuff for my business and my house and have it count towards my Amazon store and double dip on the return. So I've tried to be a little careful with what we order. So that's the only reason I haven't opened up a separate personal account because I didn't want Amazon to think, Oh, you're trying to double dip. So, well, there's a couple of things I know on that side of the house too, but to be brief, the biggest things I see there are, if you're going to use an Amazon link, you can't just advertise the Amazon link. You have to get people to come to your store and individually select items from that store. A lot of people get in trouble by just advertising just the link because really what Amazon, and I think that's kind of a crazy rule and that's my personal opinion, but really what they're trying to do is just drive people to the Amazon site. You know, in, Well, in what I found with that is you can use the link if you're doing it in say like a blog Right. Which the show page for podcasts are considered blogs. So I can do it there, but you can't share it in an email. Right. And you can't put it on an open Facebook page. It has to be in a private group. 
And even still, they really don't want you to do it. But if it's behind a, a private group, meaning it's not public, then you're okay to do it. But you're not supposed to put it in a newsletter or in a regular email. Well, and, the, and I agree. Yes, you're absolutely, that's 100% right. And what you would really want to do behind that is if you want to drive people to uh, your Amazon stores, use a subdomain or something like that, it gets them to your front-facing Amazon store. You can do that. I do know that. Well, we'll have to check on the subdomain because I do know somebody that did that and it got yanked from them as well. Even when it just wasn't a purchase link, but it drove them to their Amazon yeah. store? Yeah, because what they did was they made their link an actual you know, abc.com huh. slash Amazon that took them to the store and that did not work. So I unless know, that's interesting. So yeah, a lot of nuance there. So I'm going to, I'm not going to claim to be a pro yeah. on that. So but. unless you can do an amazon.abc.com, maybe that's legit. I'll have to check into that. And the last tip I would give is it's an easy way for using Amazon for you to help somebody else with making little to no effort. Um, we all know how to support other podcasters, but the other thing you can do is you can also choose what's called an Amazon charity. Um, uh, I think uh, my wife and I use Gift Kids the World, but what you can do is you can associate your account with an Amazon charity, and there's literally, I don't want to say thousands, but at least hundreds, and what you can do is um, assign your account to a specific charity, and then they get a percent of every purchase you make, just kind of like uh, buying from somebody else where the they might you might benefit them as a podcaster or something else. You can benefit a charity by doing that. So why not? I mean, if you got a favorite charity or if you want to try to give back to somebody, uh, I mean, it's, it takes you two seconds, and then you can kind of feel good about everything you buy. And the place where you can actually go to start there, and I'll have the link in the show notes, is Smile. Dot Amicon, Amazon.com. So that's where it'll take you and you can get started and it lists. Um, oh, I have to sign in. Yeah. I don't know how many are out there, there's, but there are just a ton. a ton, you know, and there's a search system. So if you're into, uh, like we do give kids the world, which is kind of like a, and you can pick, yeah, pets and animals, faith and culture, arts and culture. Yeah, veterans, healthcare, education. So, and yeah. then there's all the programs that you select that uh, you can go and, and select and, and do. So if you're a not-for-profit or you have a fundraiser or something that you can do, get yourself listed on Amazon Smile. Yeah, and the other cool thing, that about once a month you'll get an email from Amazon that tells you how much money that, that uh, charity has collected from their service. And it, at least for ours, it was pretty substantial. So, you know, I don't know what percentage of that, you know, it feels like a huge percentage of that is from our purchases. But, you know, even if it's only a couple of dollars, why not? Didn't cost you anything except for the initial setup. All right. I didn't know this was going to turn into the all Amazon show, but I, I, hope, I hope it helps somebody. <laughs> I did not. Either. And uh, maybe Amazon should uh, give you a better link to get more benefit based yeah. on the, what we've given them. But, yeah, I think Amazon is a... You know, two ways. I love Amazon. Obviously, I work for uh, a subsidiary or a private corporation that, you know, has Amazon as its best customer. So I'm kind of uh, under that corporate halo. Um, but, you know, they're taking good care of me now for the way I feel about it. But overall, I mean, I think they have a great service. You know, anytime I've ever had a problem and dealt with Amazon, they've taken care of the problem right away. This goes through my personal and business. Uh, you know, some people complain that maybe they're the giant on the block and they need a little more competition, which I wouldn't complain about because that always ends up being a good thing. But 
I mean, they've got a lot out there for us to take advantage of. So those are my probably top secrets. Again, make sure your driveway's well lit and that I can see your address and there's nothing in front of your door and leaving the notes where you want me to deliver your package. Thank you very much. All right. Now, what we did not do is get our slide montage. So if you're uh slide montage, <laughs> yeah, to prove that you were here. So that you were uh, napping at my pool while I was working. <laughs> um, and what do we, what do we, you're just going to go back to the house and uh, have dessert, have some dessert out on the uh, lanai and a couple of drinks probably. Yeah. Um, you got a beautiful home, obviously. It's been a pleasure to be here. I'm just glad I'm well, back we, behind the mic. We can thank the missus for that. She puts in a lot of work. She has taken very good care of me. I've been here, what, 12 hours? 12 hours now, and it's been nonstop first class. Yep. She's like the grandmother at your house. Are you, are you hungry? Do you want to eat? <laughs> eat. <laughs> so, well, it was good having you, and thank you for hopping on this uh, podcast. I'm sure we could have... Uh, you know, been hanging out at the bar, watching the game, seeing if Miami can uh, get themselves back in the series. But you're not a big sports guy. I don't have time for sports. I'm not <laughs> delivering smiles. You know, uh, if I, you know, to end this thing, I got a shout out to everybody that was, you know, is in the MSP Unplugged group. I miss y'all. You know, I, I can mention about a ton of names, but I, I'd miss something and feel horribly bad. Uh, Tech Tuesday, guys. I miss you guys, too. Hope everything's good. And I'm really looking forward to everybody getting a ticket and seeing you at TechCon. We'll see That's you gonna, there. It'll uh, be amazing. It's going to be, you know, to you know, correct the beginning a little bit, it's Rick Smith and Paco LeBron that are doing all the work this year. And they're making, uh, as far as I know, and from talking to Paco, they're making everything we did in the past, which was awesome, look like, you know, secondhand. Yep. But I'm really looking forward to going and just being a spectator. And actually being able to spend some time with the guys and not having any, and gals and not having any responsibility. So, All right. So, yeah, thank you for that. We will start closing the show by reminding everybody to head over to TechConUnplugged.com. And, folks, there are still tickets. And Paco has given us uh, the ability to give you a discount. So if you go to that and sign up with ITBP75OFF, that gets you $75 off of the ticket price. So again, ITBP75 off uh, when you go sign up for the show. Uh, thank you guys very much. And that's going to do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. Head over to the website to check out the show notes and review any previous episodes that you might have missed. And definitely we're going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to, Put everything we talked about here in the notes to uh, give you links, smiles.amazon.com, and all of the tips that John has given you to save money and make sure that your package gets delivered directly to you. So, folks, we'll be back. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to PodFest uh, tomorrow. I will be back next week with a show. I have a brand new vendor in the channel. They are definitely going to be somebody you're going to want to hear about. So I'm not going to jinx it and give you the name, but they will be back. And then we will be on to the Summer Tech Series and the Synology Show, all coming up here on the IT Business Podcast. Thank you, folks. We're going to go get a beverage. Have a good night. You do the same, and we'll see you next time. And until then, holla. Holla. Holla.